Thanks for checking out this message from the City on a Hill Summit. For more content and ways to connect visit www.coah.co.za summit. I've got this little card from, from Gareth. I, I, I want to read it. You have no idea how one conversation, wow, one word of encouragement, wow, one expression of love might change someone's life. I think that's absolutely amazing. If you've got it, I want to ask you to frame it and pray over it every single day. We, we use something similar. Ours is little cards where we ask people to ask the Lord prophetically for four names, and we ask them to stick it in the Bible and to pray over four people that they are working with the Lord every single day to bring them into church life to see their lives change. God answers those prayers. You know, we just went to the pick and pay before we came here, and uh, I like strawberries, so I got some strawberries, and... Um, there was a gentleman in front of me. Jason said, I'll see you outside. So I know what that means. He wants to go and talk to people about Jesus. I left him over there. And there's a whole section of pick and pay talking about this church. What do you do? Are you just feeding people? Because they're apparently doing something with food there. Yeah, yeah. The community's talking about this church. What do you know? And he's talking to them. No, it's about church and about Jesus. I'm standing at the, at the till. Now, now, God didn't tell me to do this. Friends, I, 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 I believe in spirit-led evangelism. I've, I've done supernatural evangelism. I've done apologetics. I've done EE. My job description with Greg Garrett was to equip everybody in evangelism. I've done absolutely every approach, everything. If it was there, I would find it. So I was at there buying the, the, the strawberries, and there's a wonderful gen, gentleman, and I said to him, Wim, gaan jy toe? Ja, lekker oom, wat een kerk oom, man, ek kan ek vast in life, en hier kerk, lekker oom, enjoy, hey, I'm not into pulling people from other churches, bless you, I'm so proud of you, well done, I didn't say that, but I'm thinking that, and I'm thinking, maar ek soek een kerk, Um, City Hill Church, down the road here. That's the place you got to come. you got to come, sir. Bastard. So you see this road, just down the road, the big thing there. You can't miss it. Okay. I'm thinking, okay, can we go now? I've got a problem. I think I'm buying strawberries now. It's a counseling session. Here we go. Is there wheelchair facilities? Yes. So I hope there is. <laughs> so we, I parked the car. Yeah, by the wheelchair place. I didn't see the sign. Jason, how can you just invite someone to church, tell them wheelchair facility, and you're taking their parking? I'm like, gee, I'm sorry. I just didn't think. Lord, help me, eh? My friends, you know what? There are people just waiting. Everywhere. The best thing in this region is this church. This is an incredible church, an incredible history, and there's an incredible future. When we were in worship, I kind of sensed that that you were on like the stepping stone to, to jump forward into something massive to literally transform the city. 
I, I think we should just get our eyes out of the potholes. What a pothole can be, maybe the pothole of addiction, the pothole of fear, the pothole of government, the pothole of electricity, all these potholes, and we're just staring at the potholes, and we're looking at the mass loads of people, and they go into a hell, and God says, just reach out. Reach out. So I want to touch on a couple of little things around what I believe God wants to do with us, and just to be helpful. So if I am intense, I'm sorry. If I go too fast, forgive me, and my wife's not with me. When I walk into the shop, true story. I'm there, and she's, the other day she pulled me and said, said, what are you doing? She said, can you slow down? I said, my love, you're not judging me. You need a skateboard, and I'll hold you, and we go shopping like that. So I'm going to try to slow down, okay. So we're going to look at quickly, remember last time we looked at the who of evangelism? The where, the why, the when, the what, the how of evangelism. So who's called to evangelize? Every believer. Where are we to evangelize? Everywhere with whoever. Why are we to evangelize? I want to touch on that quickly. You know, Jesus' method. I thought I was thinking, God, why can't you just open up the heavens and stick your face through and go, boo. Go to church. Or why can't you send that big angel to go, how's it? But yet you chose us. You chose us human beings, frail like we heard from, from Mark last night, with our weaknesses, but you chose us. God's method of reaching people is people. He uses believers to reach unsaved people by sharing their testimonies, as to be so just shared. The next reason is we do not want to see people go to hell. Hell's a real place. Friends, if you're a believer, I want to encourage you in God, maybe take a whole year, two years, three years, and pray every single day and say, God, would you, would you give me a conviction and a revelation of the reality of hell? Take all the scriptures that you can find that Jesus spoke about. I found 70 references in the Bible, spoken over 120, 70 of them are from Jesus, and study them and say, God, would you give me a revelation and a conviction? That will propel a compassion and a love in our hearts to go and warn people. People are going to hell. Some believers don't believe there's a literal hell. Friends, a good prayer to pray is this every day. Take your diary. Say, Lord, would you help me to live for eternity on earth? If you give a cup of cold water to the least of his followers, you won't lose your reward. Go and read in Revelations 20, talks about the book of life. The book of life, your name is written, and the book of rewards. We get rewards for the deeds done in faith on earth, what God's called us to do. A good diary planning. Lord, how do I live for eternity on earth today? And we're going to teach the children at six years old already to do that. So why are we to share the gospel People are going to hell. It's a real thing. Friends, lost, the lost people are not our enemies. It's the spirit behind, as we just heard this morning. There's, there's a spiritual dynamic over people's life that's demonic. They are not our enemy. It's the spirit behind them. So when are we to preach the gospel? When you just have an event? Well, when are we to preach the gospel? 2 Timothy 4, 2, God's word version. Maybe some of you don't like it. But anyway, be ready to spread the word whether or not the time is right. Be ready to spread the word whenever the time is right or not. So answer, when are we to preach the gospel? Whenever, all the time. The believer 
is to preach the gospel with whoever believes, whenever, all the time. Friends, you're always on. You've got a cap. Don't put, don't put the cap on, put the cap off. The cap's on. We're always a witness. Friends, even when you don't feel like it, you are still witnessing. So, oh, Jonathan, that can produce dead words. Jesus is our example, the woman at the well. He was tired. I'm sure he didn't feel like it. He was thirsty. I'm sure he didn't feel like it. He was sitting down. But yet, he drew inside by the Holy Spirit and he witnessed organic spirit led evangelism right there that that woman went to go and turn a whole city. Friends, we need to look for the open doors. I wish I could say this. Friends, I've led a lot of people to Jesus. I've done crusades, and I'm not boasting. I've done one-on-one. I've done supernatural events. We have driven out demons. We have done all sorts of things. We've knocked on doors. We've done flies. We've done, I mean, you name it. I've shared the gospel in Germany, Holland, Australia, Nigeria, Kanu in Nigeria. They said, you can't preach the gospel there, Jonathan. They're going to kill you. I was with Greg. Greg said, Jonathan, be careful. Yeah, I said, okay, Greg. Yeah, yeah, careful. I'm just going to go to the gym. Outside, a whole bunch of guys with AK-47s, war-torn section, Kanu, Muslim nation. I said, Greg, I see you just have to go to the gym, eh? In the, in the nice five-star guest house, lacquer, in Kanu. I'm like, this is, this is the life, eh? Go down, training. There's a lady there working, share the gospel, simple testimony, gospel message, pray for she gets saved. So, ooh, I can't do that. Ah, who cares? Okay, on training, she brings a friend. Just whatever you've done to me, do to her. Looks, okay. I said, listen here, stop bringing people to me to tell about Jesus. You're going to get me killed. Yeah, I know. Stop it! You're always on duty. You're always on duty, whether you feel like it or not. Yes, you've got to have a love for people. But can people inconvenience us? And can they inconvenience you in the most oddest places? When a person receives Jesus, they can't keep quiet. Friends, are. Uh, person that's got a virus spreads it. If you got Jesus, you spread him. You spread him. You spread him. It's like a Coke can. So we ought to preach the gospel whenever with whoever. Proverbs 20, 24. So I was saying, I, I wish I could wake up in the morning and the Holy Spirit tells me, Jonathan, I want you to go preach this one, preach this one, preach this one. But you know what? I've got two children. I've got a wife leading a church. Everybody's pulling your brain everywhere. <laughs> it's not this hotline the whole time like we wish. It says, you know what? This prayer I pray in the morning. Lord, Proverbs 20, 24. A person's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand their own way? Lord, would you guide my steps today? And would you set up divine appointments? And he does it. 
I, I was at a petrol station once, and as the guy's putting petrol in, God spoke to me and said this, this man's a believer, his child's sick, but his wife took the child to the witch doctor. Be careful how you bring this word and get the child free. He's like, ooh, this is going to be marriage counseling issues, yeah. I said, hey, my friend, how you doing? Yeah. How's your child? Very sick. I said, I have a word for you. <laughs> Can I pray? And then you need to do something with your wife. Gave him some godly counsel. See, those, those promptings come as well from the quiet place. Doesn't always happen. I, I long for the gifts of the Holy Spirit Monday to Friday, and now maybe I should be seeking for more of that. However, you know, I'm trusting God for more of that. I'm not going to go too much into the gospel. Our wonderful friend just shared much of that. But I, I want to share one thing that come and see evangelism. And that is this creating a facility in the local church for people to find a family, community, a home. And that's very easy. Come and see. Come and see evangelism is what I believe most believers should be doing. And there's four steps. We must accept the responsibility. Accept it. That the city is your responsibility. Don't say it's Gareth. Don't say it's the elders. You say this. Take your hand, please. Put it here. Say it's my church. It's my church. Do you believe that? This, this may care. It's my church. And what I mean by my church, it's my place that I go. Jesus is the head of the church. It's not it's their church. I go to that church. I go to my church where Jesus is head. It's got to be my church. Then the next thing you need to agree with is my city is my responsibility. Friends, we can play, pray and fast blue in the face. Somebody needs to go and fix up the potholes. And I don't mean literally. It's just an illustration. We can pray blue and fast in the face. Somebody needs to go and talk to an individual and say, come with me. So number one, accept the responsibility under come and see evangelism. Two, share your testimony. How you share the testimony is important. Testimony sharing needs to be done correctly, like a bullet sniper in the head. Take two points of what you were before you met Jesus, only two. How you met Jesus and how Jesus has met those two points. Example. I was 21 years old. I was fearful and empty. I was drinking everything the world had to give me. I had a fear in my heart. I didn't know where I would go when I would die, and I was empty. I had a friend that told me that Jesus died on the cross. He was buried and rose up on the third day, and he's alive, and he wants a relationship with me. Through a long process, I came to believe that he's God. And Jesus came into my life. He removed the fear of death. I look forward to that day. And he's given meaning and purpose. And he's put me in a family, a great church called City Hill. So how you share is important. No good sharing you're a drug addict to a business guy. Like a wonderful friend said, good, you need Jesus. <laughs> so that is, that is come and see evangelism that we can and all should be doing. The whole time. Then there's another one, go and tell. Sharing the gospel message, which I'm not going to touch on it too much. There's another one called Supernatural where you're doing studies 
on the supernatural activity where you're gearing yourself specifically with words of knowledge, words of wisdom, where you get equipped in the local church and you go and you do the supernatural out in the world. That's fun. That's exciting. There's acts of service, doing good things in the city to point them to Jesus. There's apologetics. For me personally, I use this approach. I use the approach that Artie Kendall, Artie Kendall stayed at our house, and uh, he's good friends with us, and he shared to me, he's Jonathan, I know no better approach than the EE approach, Evangelism Explosion Approach. So I just adopted that for myself, because it touches on eternal life. Not on what Jesus can give you on earth, but what he gives you in heaven. A good question to ask is this. May I ask you a question? Sir, ma'am, they say yes. Have you come to a place in your spiritual life that you know if a certain anything happens to you, go to heaven? Majority of people say yes or no, I'm unsure. Ask them this. May I ask you another question? Sir, ma'am, yeah. If something does happen to you, why would God let you into heaven? Friends, I've never been turned down with those two questions. I've done it with Muslims, I've done it with Jews, Germans, Dutch, Portuguese, you name it. They've never turned me down, they've never told me to go fly a kite, I've never had someone spit at me, I've never had someone be rude to me, never, ever. Even in a Muslim nation, it's the approach. You go in like a A-walled, reckless chainsaw, you're going to get stuff back at you. Go in with honor, honor while we're talking, and leave with honor. Those two questions get the individual to think about eternal life. That's what you're really after, eternal life. Once I receive Jesus, I receive eternal life. He said, John, but they must be born again. Being born again, receiving Jesus Christ, uh, receiving Jesus, get eternal life, it's all the same thing, really. Don't get so stuck on the semantics. You must be born again. You must be saved. That's the same thing if you study it. Eternal life. It's the cross plus nothing else to get to heaven. That's it. That's the easiest approach. And fair enough, while you're talking, the Holy Spirit pops a word of knowledge. I was chatting to a Jewish man. I'm talking to him about Jesus in the most loving, honoring way. He says, nah, 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 I don't believe in this stuff. I'm a Jew. I said, that's what I'm talking to you. It's like, you're my target. I love you. <laughs> you the reason why I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm here to serve you. I'm here for you. I exist for you. I'm not saying I'm thinking in my head. I said, God, surely you can do something for this man. Yeah, just tell him this. That financial problem that he has, I will speak to him about that and help him. Hey, sir, sorry, man. You know that financial problem you have? Hey. Yes. Hey. Yes. I said, oh, I'm onto something here. Heart opened up. He's given his life to Jesus. Bang. We don't, we don't knock it on the doors. It's very tiring. But anyway, and there was a Muslim lady. God said, do this. Just take the Muslim lady a two liter Coke and she'll get saved. Now that's a first for me. Eh? Anyway, 
Hi, ma'am. Husband's a, husband's a believer. The wife is a practicing Muslim. Choose your wife's right, okay? He missed it. But anyway, Lord help him. Gave the Coke, walked away. The husband said, hey, something happened. Come back. Sat down. She said, listen, why did you give me a Coke? I like Coke. I said, you know, it's the love of God. Why would you hop in your car, buy a two liter Coke, come and deliver it, and just walk away? That's Jesus, ma'am. I want him. I'm like, now. The husband's like, I'm like, oh. And you're like, you're processing it. Let's do it tomorrow, rather. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, man, she gets saved. That husband is ecstatic. Ecstatic. Yeah, and other people, they need a lack of snot cup with the power of God. Once I got a revelation that greater is he's in you, me than he's in the world. God said, Jonathan, go to the witch doctors. Yeah, baby, witch doctors, here we come. I have no idea about witchcraft. I'm not saying you must do this, please. It stuff's real. I'll find the witch doctors in the city. Hi, my name is Jonathan. I'm one of the leaders here at the church. Stop praying. Stuff's very real. And, and once I bumped into a witch doctor on the road, and Sangoma dressed very smart for the occasion, how they dress. I said, how's it? He said, I said, what do you do? You like dressed all different. And I was some girl, I said, oh, really? He, yeah. I said, oh, let's do something. You stand there and I stand here. This is in Edinburgh on the main road. You stand there and I stand there and I ask God's power to come on you and we see what happens. What? I got a revelation. The greatest he was in me. That thing gripped my heart and catapulted me. Boom. I welcomed the Holy Spirit. That man bounced. He said, what is that? Is that the power of Jesus? Hey man, I, I'm getting excited now. One night I'm driving my car and I see the outfit again. Man, they dress very smart. I stop my car. Can I give you a lift, please? Yes, yeah, she hops in my car. I'm so excited. I'm driving the car. I've got a witch doctor next to me, and I'm thinking we're going to have a Holy Ghost party here. Huh. I said, what do you do? Explains. I said, you know what? I'm going to do something right. I'm going to do my thing, and you do your thing. The guys are thinking, oh, my goodness, this man's lost his marbles. I said, watch this. Holy Spirit, I, I welcome you in the car. The Spirit of God hits that car. The man bounces to the side of the wind like a... I'm like... <laughs> nice, eh? Stop the car, stop the car, stop the car, stop the car! I'm like, no, we're having fun, man. <laughs> Bye. I don't think it's the greatest approach. Someone said I must have tact. I'm learning tact. But I just got a revelation. The greatest he was in me than he is in the world. That revelation catapulted me into getting involved in the local church and then going out. Not always just, just in your Monday to Friday. I, I want to ask you, if you want to be an effective witness for Jesus, you've got to be in a small group or a home cell. You've got to be in one. Because what are people going to get saved into? We have these these ambassadors. An ambassador 
represents a king and a kingdom. And they should have a good lifestyle to back it. It's no good telling someone to go to church if you only go to church every second week. It's no good really because they're going to catch this thing that to be a part of the body of Christ is not that important. If it's not important to you, the local church, it won't be important to them. It's much easier for a person that's in a small group that goes to prayer meeting that's committed because that lifestyle goes into them. And that's easier for them to, hey, just come to a small group or home cell. Come to prayer meeting. See what we're about. Not a wishy-washy, half-hearted, all over the place. God will work with you, but it's not that great. I want to ask you, if you're part of this church, lock, stock, and barrel, whole heart in. Because follow me as I follow Christ. If you have a skew walk, they're trying to follow you. It's a bit difficult, but if you have a straight walk, they can follow you. So how would you share the gospel? Friends, there are many, 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 many approaches. Every person is different. You can't say one size fits all. There are many approaches. I would love to suggest to you that you, you should have, if you have teachers here, have a track of different approaches of evangelism equipping and not one size fits all. Get the whole variety and have an evangelism track that people can be equipped. But the easiest and the best thing is share your testimony. And the quickest way is to come and see evangelism. Share your testimony, get to know the gospel. So how do, we, how do you start to prep yourself to go out? Well, I want to encourage you. What you don't pray over, God can't work. John Wesley said this, it seems as if God does nothing without the answers to prayers. Meaning, God is looking for somebody to pray for these people. Friends, we, we, we do exactly the same. The testimonies of taking those names before God every day is incredible. God answers. So pray for your frangelism. Friends, relatives, associates, and neighbors to be saved. Ask God prophetically for names. Now, I'm not talking about names in Syria and Iraq. I'm talking about people right about you that you can bring in. Seek the Lord for a genuine love and concern for people, period, and the lost. <laughs> Ask God, say, God, would you give me a love? Friends, we are so busy. I was laughing at Gary saying he sat in the queue for two, two hours. I sat in the queue for 30 minutes coming here. I put the wrong pin into my bank account. God, I just don't know what I've done. So I'm sitting at F&B. And then there's a military lady sitting next to me. Opportunity. Thank you, Lord. Someone to talk to you. Look for the opportunities. They're all around us. You've got to have a love for people. Pray for divine appointments. Ask God to opportunities to share your testimony and the gospel message, even to do acts of love for people. Be full of, led of, empowered of the Holy Spirit. 
to the best of your ability, when, you, when you're having your time with the Lord, seek the infilling, the control, the leading, the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, I, I want to ask you, what is ministry? It's not this what I'm doing. It's what you do Monday to Friday. You're an electrician ministry, plumber ministry. Ministry's word is service. Jesus said this, I will build my church. Agree? If he's building his church, that means this, you have a part to play. So every Sunday celebration, man, you're there. You're carrying the weight because Jesus said you'll build his church. And you're like, Lord, we are here. And we throw ourselves into what God is doing. We throw our prayers. We throw our finances. By the way, if you're not tithing, it's going to be very difficult to get souls saved. Tithing is before the law, in the law, and Jesus said, do it. Tithing just opens the heavens. To rebuke the devourer. I've noticed people that tithe get souls saved much quicker. There's something of a supernatural open heaven over them through tithing and sowing. They smell spiritually cleaner. They have a generosity. They're blessed. I've got an open heaven. Open heaven means you can come in to meet the king. We had a small group in our church, a couple, and this was their sum total of tithing. I take 6 7%, and I give 1% here, and 2% there, and this, and this, and they mixed it up. That's, that's very interesting. Can we just read the Bible? Just look. Tithing's before the law, in the law, and Jesus spoke about it. Just look. And they couldn't get anybody into that small group. It was a closed heaven. This is bizarre. And they were an amazing couple. They even had the anointing on them. They would smile and look like, wow, they've got the light. But something was amiss. Try, try, fast in praying, fast in praying. God said, no, they must just learn to tithe. Okay, they tithe. One week, 14 people in their home. Gospel breaks out. Let's ask the husband, what happened? He said, no, 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 we, that thing we've done, we tithe. Open heaven. He walks around. I've got an open heaven. I've got an open heaven. And, and what happens? That confession brings in the possession. Friends, get the kingdom in your finances. You want to take back from the enemy's souls. But we are taking something that belongs to God. The tithe. Oh, Lord, remove corrupt people in government. Oh, Lord. Those people are not fixing those potholes. Yeah, yeah. That mock me quat. Daddy men say, yeah. Yeah, Jay, what? 1980, wada, wada, wada. Yes, and we go. Sir, are you tithing? Yeah, man, you corrupt. Get the corruption at your own heart first before you want to go there. Friends, hear me. We're praying for God to do stuff there. Yeah. Traffic cop. 2,000 fine. Here's 100 bucks. Friends, how can we have an open heaven? 
get souls saved when we're empowering a system. How can God say this? I take the wealth of the unrighteous and give it to the righteous when the righteous are unrighteous. Oh, Lord, bless me. Can you just... Can you just tithe, give offerings, and live a righteous life? Then I can. Friends, intercession. The intercessors need to be the first ones tithing. Why? Because we're taking back from the enemy ground. First get the enemy off here. What, what do I mean? When you tithe, God says, I'll rebuke the devourer of your land. Devourer. I see lots of devourers everywhere. They're very big and you lose your cars in them nowadays. They're everywhere. God says, and I will make you a blessing that all the nations will call you blessed. And my goodness, they say, hey, you're in the dark. <laughs> it's like, oh, Lord. Lord, I'm doing my part. I started to pray for finance in our church. Lord, please, would you, would you remove the corruption? Would you help us to find a way to get South Africans passionately in love with this nation again? Not a... Just place. You're thinking it. I know it. Everything's collapsing. We're thinking it. No one's just saying it. So I said, God, what do we do? I'm tired of this. I really love South Africa. Friends, I've got citizenship in Europe. I can pack my bags and go and live in Europe. We planted a church in a poverty-stricken area called Primrose. I was packing chairs, picking up papers, cleaning up the building, painting, getting someone to paint a neighbor's wall because it's dirty. <laughs> dirty nails. I said, Lord, there's got to be something better for me than this. Sheesh. I'm not stupid. I've done project management. I'm packing chairs. <laughs> Brain dead job, Jonathan. Phone call. Someone contacts me. Do you want to come to Germany and lead the expect church? Multinations, all there. I'm thinking, Oh, two children. My son's got a German passport. He's got a Portuguese passport. He's got a South African passport. He's got a citizenship to live anywhere in the Europe because of me. And as I'm listening to the conversation, God says, no, put the phone down. Friends, this nation is gold. And I ask you, when we're talking about evangelism, you've got to get a love for the people of the city again. Friends, we have to take our eyes. And the prophetic word came on Friday morning. Look to Jesus, not the situations. And that sounds so, like, look to Jesus. Sounds cheesy, eh? Look to Jesus. We're looking in the potholes all the time. <laughs> it's difficult to look to Jesus. It's like a, it's like a phrase, eh? Fix your eyes upon Jesus. What does that mean? 
like, Lord, what does that mean when I've got stuff all around me? I want to know I'm practical. I, I need a bolt. I, I, need, I need a bolt and I need to turn something. I need practical stuff. Ask Jesus the whole time what to do. Lord, what do we do? What do we do to fix up things? What do we do to cause a love in our people for the local city, this nation? They started this prophetic voice, pray for the government. It was coming in one of the nights. What do we do, God? What do you do? What do you do right now? For some of you, it's more difficult because you've seen what it was. But could I ask you in God, in order to develop a love for the city, and a love for evangelism, love for Jesus, we need to get a love for people again and our beautiful surroundings. How do lost people feel? And I'm done, just quickly. Every believer is empty. And in South Africa, every believer is fearful, whether they like it or not. Every believer is lonely. Sorry, every unbeliever is lonely. So every unbeliever is empty. They have this hole inside them. Yeah. There's this cosmic loneliness for Jesus and eternal life. They're lonely. They're empty. Every unbeliever carries guilt and shame for the sin they live in. They're just smiling. And every unbeliever fears death. If you go in with this approach, sir, ma'am, can I ask you a question? Where are you going? Something happens to you. Where are you going? Where are you going? Friends, put your faith out for things. Maybe some of you should be praying for the mayor. What can we do to support you and love you and help you? Maybe some of you should be praying for the police. What can we do to love you and support you and help you? So Jonathan, you don't understand. They are, eh, eh, I know. What can we do to support? Just maybe that conversation of kindness and expression of love opens opportunity for you to share. Friends, I want to tell you long, last story. I want to close it. Praying for people. One morning, I woke up. God said, get dressed, be smart. It was a time we had xenophobia. I said, yeah, like a get dressed, be smart. Phone the elder, come with me. Where are we going? I don't know yet, but just get dressed smart. We go to these army tanks, xenophobia. It was a concentration camp that they built because the, the community was, um, the Moscato can push the people out. And as we get there, there's a whole bunch of entourage cars. And we rock up. Now I'm smart, eh? I've just smart. Rock up. I got, and I walk into the crowd. Now, this has been phones, so uh, of course, I can't say who I was walking with. So I'm walking with the crowd, and I don't have a clue what's going on. I'm just walking with the crowd. Eventually, I'm standing in the line. There's all these uh, army tanks, concentration, people in there. I'm standing in the line, and they start uh, whipping out the cameras. And there's a guy with the AK-47, another guy with the AK. The elder's like, what you, where are we? I'm like, I don't know what's going on. But just smile. Play the Cameras on, on TV. The person who was there was obviously addressing uh, the nation on certain issues. I get inroads into certain political parties that day. The elders like, do you know these people? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't. I don't know them. 
But man, they smile nice, and I'm in, and I'm going to get the gospel here. When you side with different political parties, you switch the opportunity to preach the gospel. Be careful. Be very careful on your side and on the inside, what's right and wrong. Because just maybe you're going to sit next to somebody that could be of another party, and God wants to give an opportunity to share the gospel to them. Friends, I walked with that, the Holy Spirit on that day. God opened up doors, and we went into certain tents, and we preached the gospel, and they gave us the inroad to preach the gospel. We saw people falling on their knees, crying out to Jesus just to save them. Not asking for money, not asking for food, not asking for nappies, but asking for Jesus to save them and protect them. Uh, why am I saying this and all of this? It's time for you to roar over the city. Build community. Love the local church. Study, go to Bible school, learn, get involved in small group, go to corporate prayer meeting, serve, but pray for the city. God's going to set you up for divine appointments and opportunities and inroads where the people opposite you are going to share what they're going through and you can pray with them and for them. Not shoot them, not criticize them, but build a bridge for the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Can I pray for us, please? Lord, I, I know a lot said, and sometimes I get myself so confused. What must we actually do when we share so much? Lord, I, I just ask a simple question, a simple prayer. Somehow, would that what you want each person to do that's so different would you, would, you, would you, would it take root and bear fruit? Would you empower that? And would you help them? Can I ask you where you're sitting? Could you just ask the Holy Spirit this question? Say, Holy Spirit, what must I do with this message now? Take your phone out and write it down quickly. For some of you, just maybe just go to a small group. God's saying to you, like, how does that work? For some of you, God is saying, just go and sign up for a serving team. It's like, how does that work, God? Just do whatever God says. For some of you, God is saying, you, you need to learn to tithe <laughs> and be generous. Whatever God says you do, you do. Thank you for listening to this message from the City on a Hill Summit. We hope this message was a blessing for you like it was for us. And remember, to find more content and ways to connect. Please visit our website, www.coah.co.za summit.